We're going to pick up in, in Hebrews 13 this evening. But while you're turning there, I'm going to read something we read this morning in light of praying for Dusty. That be all right? Because it matches where we're at, I want to remind you, let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unknowingly. Remember those who are in chains. Come on, church. Remember those who are in chains, that are bound, that are in prison, physically and spiritually. Remember those that are in chains. It's, it's not an option. It's why we're here. Do you realize that we're not here so we have somewhere to go on Sunday morning and Sunday evening? <laughs> That's not why we're here. We're not here so we have a social circle. We're, we're not here so we have a banner to fly under. We're, we're, that's not why we're here. We're here to bring light into a dark world. That's why we're here. Jesus was speaking Sermon on the Mount. This is, this is the one who is light. Bible says he was light. It says in, says in him was light and the light was the life of men. Or in him was life and the life was the light of men. He is light. Bible says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. God is light and in him there is no darkness. Neither is there shadow of turning. He's so light he can't even cast a shadow. But that's him. That's his nature. But Jesus speaking to the church, speaking to the people, speaking to the masses on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. We're here. That's our purpose. That's the, re that's the reason we meet. It's the reason we pray. It's the reason we teach. It's the reason we preach. It's, it's to bring light to a dark world. The reason we're here is for the dusties. You were there too. You may, not, you may not have been binge drinking with your life falling apart on you, but, there, but, there was, but your life was falling apart. Your situation may be different, but you were there too. Because there's none righteous, no, not one, the Bible says. And it says that we've all, when you, when, you follow, when you follow Jesus, that we've been brought out of the kingdom in darkness into his marvelous light. That's why we're here. That's the purpose if, you're, if someone in this room is looking for the purpose of life, I just gave it to you. <laughs> the purpose of life is to follow, is to follow God, is to, fo is, to, is to follow Jesus because he's the one who bridged the gap between God and man. Yes, there's no other way. It shouldn't be one amen in, in, in an evangelical Pentecostal church. He's, he's the one who bridged the gap. He's the one that made the way. And there is no other way. I guess I'm going to have to say it again. There is no other way. He's not a way. He's the way. The world needs to hear it again from you. There is, he's not a way. He's the way. The way. I don't care what Oprah said. <laughs> I don't care what Dr. Phil said. I don't care what they said on the evening news. He's not a way, he's the way. No one comes to the Father but, but through him. 
That's actually what the entirety of the book of Hebrews was. That's actually what it's written for and about. We're going to pick up in Hebrews tonight, but as we are, I told you this morning, because I'm always saying, who's talking? Who are they talking to? Why are they talking to them? What about when and how and, and what's the situation? What's the context? Well, the fact of the matter is, is we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some think it's Paul. Some think it might have been Apollos. Some probably think, so a lot of people think that, that it was Paul's, that it was Paul's thought, but Apollos is putting it on paper. Could have been someone else. We don't know. But we do know that it was God breathed and that stood the test of the ages. And we know who it was written to and why. Yes? We know it was written by a Jew to the Jewish Christians. It's addressed as such. We know that whoever wrote it had an had a impeccable and an, uh, background in the law of Moses. They, they, knew, they knew the Torah. And the purpose was to, re, was to teach that Jesus Christ is God. And that he's fulfilled all the Mosaic law. And that he is the mediator of the new covenant. As both the priest and the final sacrifice. And that Judaism and the law and, and that Judaism and the law achieved their ultimate goal in Jesus Christ. He was the prophesied Messiah. Was and is. And it affirms that Jewish Christians in the faith of Christ and teaches that the new covenant doctrines are for all people. Jews and Gentile alike. That's the purpose of the book of Hebrews. It's written by Jews to Jews for the purpose of saying Jesus is him. Said so that we now have a better covenant based on better promises. The entirety of the, the book starts out beginning to tell you that Jesus is better than Moses. That he's better than the law. That he's better than the angels. That he's better than the sacrifice. That he's better than the temple. The, the, if you could sum up the entirety of the book of Hebrews in just a phrase, it would be that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Everything is fulfilled in him, through him, and by him. Jesus is better. I'm thankful that I have a better covenant based on better promises because of the sacrifice made by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This morning we, we were sharing with you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what comes your way, you're going to make it. If, when your faith is in him, why? Because he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He said, in, in Deuteronomy, it was, a trans, it was a transfer of all the, the only leader they'd ever known in Moses to, the, to, the power, to transferring as Moses was about to leave to Joshua to lead them in. And then in the, the writer of Hebrews began to use the same scriptures to say that when the, when, when the world is in turmoil around you and when things begin to fall apart, whenever things don't look like anything you've ever seen, not to put your faith in the things you have, but to put your faith in the one who came. Why? Because he said, don't put your faith in money. He said, because, but then he said, but he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now think about something about the context of what he said. You got to, this was written around 70 AD. 
In 70 AD, we know that that's when the Romans came to Jerusalem and plundered the city and destroyed and destroyed the temple, destroyed the city, scattered the Jewish nations, destroyed the sacrificial system. Now think about any, everything you ever know. Think about it. Everything you ever known. Now this Messiah has came. Now he has fulfilled the law. Now he, now he has fulfilled the sacrifice. He's beginning to teach something you've never heard before. You've seen it happen before your very eyes. Now you've got, you've got Paul who is evangelizing the known world at the time. You've got the apostles that are moving <coughs> throughout everywhere to, to spread this good news. That gospel is good news. And at the same time, there's a conflict within your world between the people under the old system that do not want to give up what they had, that they want to say, oh, that's all good and fine, but you've got to still keep the law. All of that's all good and well, but you still need to be circumcised. That's all good and fine, but you, but you need to, you need to uh, still worship at the temple. That's all good and fine, but you still, but there's still, we've got to keep the feast. That's all, Jesus is all good and fine. You can believe him, but, you, but, we've, still got, but we've still got to have the great day of atonement. All that's good and fine, and the writer of Hebrews Hebrews has come to say that all that's dead and gone. Fulfilled in him. Around 70 AD, that every, and everything they ever known, their means to worship under the old system is now destroyed. It is now gone. Think about it. The priesthood is scattered. The temple is gone. There's, there's, no, there's, no, more, there's no more animals being killed uh, outside of the gates of the city. There's no more once a year holy of holies. All of that is gone. And what do they have? That's, that's why the writer of Hebrews began to write, don't forget, love each other. Be good to people. Think about the prisoners. Think about the people. Think about the strangers. Don't put your faith in what you have because, you know why they say don't put your faith in what you have? Because it was gone. The Roman Empire had taken everything they had and their system of worship was completely destroyed. But the good news is, was that they had a Savior that they could turn to. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Verse chapter 13 verse 5 then there's a little turn there's a little, there's there's in light of he'll never leave you or forsake you because see there's a little word in the modern english version it in the king james as well verse 6 begins with soul because he'll never leave you or forsake you Are you with me so we may boldly say that the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Man, that's enough to stop on right there, I promise you. Because so we may boldly say, somebody say boldly. We may boldly, somebody, some of you aren't too boldly saying it. So we will boldly say, the Lord is my helper, not will be or has been. Right now, He is my helper. Guess what? He will be my helper tomorrow. 
He will be my helper tomorrow night. He will be my helper next week. Should the Lord tarry, whatever my moment of is, is, I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not, boy, we need to drill this in. I will not, will not, I will not, that is a made up mind. That is a declarative statement that my mind is made up. Because he will never leave me or forsake me, I will boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. We have got to make up our mind, no matter the situation we're living in, no matter what the news has to say, no matter what Dr. Fake Fauci has to say, is that I will not fear. If they march on our borders, I still can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The church world is shrinking back today because uh, that, that the world is croaching in. I think, man, if I'd have just lived when Jesus lived, if I'd have just been around when Paul was around, if I'd have just been around on the day of Pentecost, if I'd have just been, if I'd have just been in that time of the first century church, if you'd have been in that time in the first century church, you'd have been scattered all over the earth because persecution had arose and it scattered you like, uh, like the wind, but in the wind you had the fire and it started the fire everywhere you went because, because everybody was after you. I got to tell you, the hard times is the church's finest hour. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Come on, sir. Come on, madam. Teach your kids not to fear. Somebody? Teach your kids not to fear. Sir, teach your wife not to fear. Ma'am, teach your husband, teach your kids, teach your grandkids, teach the people around you, do not fear. Hundreds of times in the Word of God, it says, fear not. Oh, I've heard it preached a million times. There's a 365 fear nots in the Bible. That's not true, by the way. Take that out of your vocabulary. Don't repeat it. Don't say it. It preaches good, but it's simply not true. But I can tell you, he said it dozens of times, and it was, it's enough. If he says it once, it came from him. If he said it twice, better listen. If he says it three times, it's doctrine. If he says it four, five, six times, seven times, ten times, twelve times, twenty-four times, thirty-six times, a hundred times, you can count on it. Do not fear. Now let me tell you something. There's times we're all afraid. And it's not a contradiction. Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said, when I was with you, I was with you in fear and much trembling. He said, because I, I, don't, I don't really speak well. And I'm talking to the bright people. He said, he said I, I come to you with fear and much trembling. He said, he said, but I can't get caught up in all that because I didn't come to bring you enticing words of men's wisdom, but I came to bring a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. See, not living in fear doesn't mean that, that the emotion of fear will never strike your life. It means that you'll believe and you'll stand and you'll follow through anyway. 
I can't remember who it was now, but I used to hear it say it all the time. Preacher said, "If you're," he said, "What do you do when you're afraid?" He, he said, "What if I, what if God calls me to do something that I'm afraid?" Well, you do it afraid. Do it. You know why? Because you can count on him. Because he'll never leave me or forsake you. I can boldly say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear." What can man do to me? I told you this morning, if you're his and you're walking with him, you're not walking around tempting God and doing stupid stuff. That's, that's theological terms, walking around doing stupid stuff. That, that's deep, that's deep, that's deep Greek. Stupid stuff. If you're not out tempting God, but you're walking after him. You don't have anything to be afraid of because you're not leaving here a millisecond before your time. You have an appointed time. I got news for you. We need to boldly declare it again. The Bible says that, to, that every man there is that there's appointed a time. That don't mean you can go out and jump off the roof and say, well, I'm in the Lord's hands and I'm going to be just fine. No, that's dumb stuff. That's one of the things that the enemy, that, 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 that the devil came to Jesus with after, the, after the, he fasted and after he was baptized in the power of the Spirit, that he came and said, take him up to the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw yourself down. If thou be the Son of God, throw your, cast yourself down. It says, because he tried it. He said, because it's written that he give, he's given his angels charge over you, that he will bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus, see, the devil knows Scripture too. But it was out of context and wrong. Jesus, the living word, just come back at him again and he said, it is written that you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So listen, you're in his hands and he's got, and if you're following him, you're, you're, what can man do to you? What are they going to do? Well, I can think of a thousand things he's going to do, Pastor. Now I'm in your head. Now I'm here. I can think of a million things that a man can do to me. They can lock me up. They can come after my family. They can, they can confiscate my home. They can take my bank accounts. They can, do all, they, they, they can do all those things, but those things are temporal. Those things are temporal. Those things are temporal, temporary. I'm not living for the temporary. Do I want any of those things? No, that would just be crazy. Am I, am I out looking for someone to persecute me? Tempting someone to persecute me? Hoping they'll persecute me? I'm just not that spiritual, y'all. That's foolishness. But ultimately, I can boldly say, I can boldly say, what the Lord is my helper. I can look back now, I won't take time to testify, but I can look back now and tell you there's been many times that I had no idea how it was going to get worked out. Whatever the it is. Have you, ever had, have you ever had a situation, an it, in your life that it was consuming your mind? It was, it was keeping you awake at night? It was putting pressure on your family? It was putting pressure on your job? It was putting pressure on your relationships? It was putting pressure on your relationship with God because it was a real circumstance, a real trial. It wasn't fake. It was real. 
and, and, and that you needed a way and that you had exhausted every resource that you had. Just me. It's amazing how much stuff just happens to me. Just me. It's only happened to me. I can tell you time after time where I was against the wall. And I didn't know how I was going to make it. And you know what happens? God comes through in a way that you think, oh, all right. Sometimes it's just that simple. Like, oh, well, well that, wasn't that, that wasn't that hard after all. He came through. You don't, sometimes you can't explain it. I can tell you right now, I just tell you right now, that when Heather and I went to pastor in eastern Arkansas and in De and Desark, uh, where the Lord wanted us to be for the time, I can tell you right now, I don't know how we survived financially for two and a half years. I don't know how we did it. it does, you can't write it down. You can't calculate it. You can't, you can't put a pen and paper to it because there was just not enough money. Way too much month at the end of the money. But you know what? He did. I still to this day cannot explain how we, how we survived those years. But we were where God wanted us. Doing what he would have us to do. I can boldly say tonight, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You say, well, again, man can do a lot. You know who can do more? God can do more. He can walk into my fire and walk with me out. I, I got to tell you. When I read, we all know about, we heard, we've heard about Daniel. We, we know about him. We, we heard about him in, in Sunday school back when we used to have it. Thankfully, we, we, we have it here. I said that for people watching. Back when we used to have Sunday school. We should have Sunday school. I don't care what you call it. You can call it anything you want to call it. But we need, we, but we need to be teaching young people all the way up the Word of God on a consistent and systematic basis. So you learned in Sunday school that there was a man named Daniel, or a book of Daniel, and there was three Hebrew boys with Daniel, and they had, they, this is their Babylonian names. We know them by their Babylonian names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We know that they had back trouble. How do we know they had back trouble? Because they wouldn't bow down. And they stuck out like a sore thumb everywhere they went, I promise you. Because it says, when you, it said they set up this golden image this, this image of Nebuchadnezzar, and it says when you hear the band, when they strike up the band, everybody bow down and worship the, the image. Well, I'm going to tell you, when you're amongst thousands and everybody hits the deck and worships the image and you're the only three out there standing, you believe me, you, you show up. People, they, they couldn't bend, they couldn't bow. You learn later, they wouldn't burn. But they're drug in before, I'm talking about the Lord, I can boldly say. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So, you know, they had an advocate with the king. As they, there's, always, there's always somebody to run to the, run to the leader. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all hear me? There's always one provided to, to inform the people that need to know about you. Thank you. Snitches get stitches. Wind up in ditches. 
No, that's, that's kind of fleshy and worldly. We don't, that's not how it works. Shh, edit that part out. Snitches, snitches, get snitches. There's always the, there's always the, the store brown noser. Now, I believe in doing a good job. I believe that everything we do, we do is under the Lord. You ought to do your job and do it well. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've worked with them. Maybe you used to be one and you got saved. Paul said to the Corinthian church, such were some of you. <laughs> but you've been justified, sanctified, washed in the blood of Jesus. Yeah. We had the informer come to the king and says, everybody in the whole kingdom, when they play the music, bows down to your image, except for those stinking three Hebrew boys. And they won't bow. He was enraged. He was mad. He was furious. He said, bring them to me. He said, didn't you hear the, didn't you hear the, the declaration? Didn't you get the memo? Didn't you get, did you get the email? Did you get the text? Did you get the push notification? Did you get it? Did you, hear, did you hear what the decree that came from me? That when, when they strike up the band, when you hear the music play, you're going to bow down to my image and you're going to worship it. Now I've got a question. It's just a thought. The Bible doesn't say, but I, but I know enough about human nature and so do you, okay? We're not talking about being unscriptural, extra scriptural, or any other heresy. I've got a question. If you were called on the carpet before the king who had, ever, had your life in his hands... And he said, you're going to bow or else. I suspect that there were nerves involved with everybody. But they spoke up and said, listen. Old king. You may strike up the music and everybody else in this kingdom may bow to you. But as for us, this is the JRV, but as for me and my friends here, we're not bending. We're not going to bow. He said, because the God that we served is able. He has the power to deliver us out of your hand. But then they said something else. Some people would think it was a lack of faith. No, it was the ultimate faith. They said, but if not. He said, you, he was saying, you may throw us in and we may burn up like wheat toast. But we're still not going to bow to you. We can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Before it was ever written, those three Hebrew boys knew that the suffering of this present time was not worthy to be compared with the glory which is to come. The king was enraged. That's what it says. It says, heat the furnace seven times hotter. I got news for you. Sometimes when you make a bold stand, not only is your problem not going away, that it's going to heat up seven times hotter. Sometimes it's going to get worse before it gets better. 
Back when, the, when, when Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, Pharaoh said, okay, why didn't you say so? That's not what he said. They went back and said, tell them we're not going to get their straw for them anymore. But they have to make the same amount of bricks every day, but they have to gather their own straw. Moses come back again and says, let my people go. Again, he said, not only am I not going to let your people go, not only am I not going to gather their straw for them, they have to gather their own, but now they're going to have to make bricks without straw. And I'm not going to lower the quota. There's no doubt some of the, some of, in the first church of, of, of Egypt, did y'all hear me? There's no doubt in my mind that First Assembly in Egypt didn't have a group within that said, Moses, would you shut up? Oh, y'all don't know people. <laughs> Jeez, man. Shush. I will boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do to me? Before I go back to Daniel, you know what happened. It kept going on and on and on until finally there was a, there was a death angel that passed over and, the, and he made a declaration. He says, apply the blood to the, to the, to the doorpost and to the lintel of your home. He says, uh, he says, kill the lamb, apply the doorpost. He said, tonight be ready. See, it had gotten really bad. He said, but tonight be ready. Have your, have, your, have, your, have, your, have your clothes on. Have your shoes on. Have your belt on. Have everything you've got ready to go because tonight I'm going to deliver you out of Pharaoh's head. I'm going to bring you out of Egypt with my strong right hand. And that we know that the Bible says that not one hoof. Somebody say not one hoof. They had been 400 years as slaves. It says that they left with the gold and the treasure of Egypt. I got news for you. Slaves don't have gold and treasure. Slaves are slaves. They're ruled upon and put upon. They, 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 they working for the people that's got it all. When God moved, they said, not only are we, we going to let you go, get out and take all that we have with you. Just get out. Just get out. It says not one hoof was left behind. And it says not one among them was feeble. Or sick not one the Lord is my helper I can boldly say I will not fear heat up the fire seven times hotter it says it was so hot that the that the that the soldiers that were restraining the Hebrew boys were when they opened the furnace that killed them There's just the blast of heat killed them on the spot And they threw them in. You hear me? I'm talking about because they stood up and said, no, the problem didn't go away. In fact, it made the one cause of the problem a whole lot matter than it was before. They threw them in. Oh, Nebi come by. And, and he looked in and he went. Hmm. 
He said, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Didn't we throw them bound into the fire? Yes, sir. Why? He said, because when I look, he said, I see, I see four men. He said, and they're loose, and they're walking around. Talking about a situation where the heat, just when they opened the doors, killed the other guys. Didn't we throw in three, bound? He said, I see four, loose, and walking around. And he said, and the fourth man looks to me like the Son of God. He said, this fourth man, I will boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Take note of something because sometimes, because I told you earlier, you didn't, sometimes you came through it and God worked it out and you still don't even know how he done it. I don't see anything in the Word of God anywhere. No indication whatsoever that anybody other than King Nebuchadnezzar saw the fourth man. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't come out talking about who was that in the fire with us. I don't see anything in the entirety of the Scripture that said anybody, that, that, that anybody other than the one who had thrown them in saw the fourth man. Sometimes you're not going to see how it happened. Sometimes you're not going to be able to figure it out. Sometimes even after it's over, you're not going to be able to give a testimony of how he done it. All you know is that he did. I don't know how we made it, but we made it. It says that he brought them out. And it says that they come out of the, of the furnace. They had been, let me tell you something. They had been through hell and back. It wasn't a good day. But it said when they come out, it said that not a hair on their head was singed. How many of you ever been lighting, lighting something and it goes and it flares a little bit and goes? <laughs> you ever heard that sound? That's usually about the time you check your eyebrows to see if they if you got any left. Anybody ever done that? Look down and in my case, you got these hairy arms. You look down and your hands are bald. Anybody ever done that? And I'm going to tell you, when I've done that, you go. You know what I'm talking about? It says that not a hair was singed. It says neither was there the smell of smoke on them. They come out without even smelling like the fire. We can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Paul found himself one time conflicted. He couldn't make up his mind whether he wanted to stay here and do the work of the Lord or if he wanted to go home. And be with him.
He said, I know one is exceedingly better. By this time, he had been stoned and left for dead outside the city. He had been beaten with rods. He had, he, he had been shipwrecked. He had been in the deep twice. He had been snake bit. He had been... He'd been in the he had been in stocks and bonds in the lower prison. He says, whether to stay here or to go home, I'm conflicted. I don't know which, I, which is better. But here's, here's what I want to say. What can men do to me? I, why, why do I not fear? He said, but this is what I do know. He said, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Nate, you know what he was saying? He was saying, either way, I win. Either way, I win. He said, I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is the ultimate statement of how we can say, we can boldly say. It's one thing to say something. How many of you ever, ever had kids and how they said it mattered to you? I have one in particular. He's not here tonight. This is not Mace. That when he was growing up, I'd say, boy, you better stop it. And he would say, sorry. And I got a question. Do you think he was? <laughs> you think he was apologetic? Sorry. It took his teeth a little while to come in longer than it did the other ones. <laughs> Sorry. I can still see it. Still makes my, uh, this vein in my neck pop up a little even when I talk about it. Sorry. I'm talking about it matters how you say it. We may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do to me? Verse 6. You know, I intended, to, I intended to preach 6 through 18 tonight. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> First, chapter 13, verse 6. So we both, because, let's, let's back up. Verse 5. As we close. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say it. The reason we may boldly say. Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews is saying the reason we can boldly say. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I can boldly say. The Lord is my helper. Yes. Yeah. It's the same reason David the psalmist wrote. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because the Lord's my shepherd. I can boldly say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight.
Lord, I thank you that I can boldly say that you are my helper, I not fear. What can man do to me? Lord, I, I want to lift you up. I, I, we've, we've tried to lift you up by the preaching of your word, by an encouragement that you're with us and that we can be bold in our pronouncement. Lord, I ask right now at the end of this service as we go into a time of prayer, Lord, that you would meet with your people. Lord, that situations would come to light. Lord, that people would, the things that have been, that have had them backed into a corner and afraid and scared. <laughs> come out because you'll never leave us or forsake us tonight. We'll come out boldly in our faith and begin to declare that I have no fear. Lord, we ask right, even right now that faith would arise. And we'll ask it in Jesus' name.